Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Suzuki Swift Sport 1.4 Booster Jet Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. I always like the titles I write for you. You add in far more than is actually necessary. I know. And I, I sit and I look and I go, will I edit it? And I think, no, because I'll ruin the poor soul's fun. Yes, it's, it's what I, all I've got in life these days. Quite. <laughs> right. Suzuki Swift sport yes this is a good one because we've both driven it we have both driven it and i was very much looking forward to being the person who got to drive it as well mainly i haven't driven a hot hatch for ages well and for about a year well no more than a year now yeah and i'd forgotten what hot hatches are like and the smile they can deliver you keep doing that. You need to be reminded more often, I think. I think I just need to get out more often. <laughs> I know I'm spoiled for... Well, yes, there is that. I know I'm spoiled for choice. Yes. So, yeah, because I love hot hatches. Yes, but I, I slip too often into just family driving. Yes. So, but we're going to swap that in a little while. Yes, yes. Anyway, so the Suzuki Swift Sport. That is the Super Mini hot hatch from Suzuki. This is the new version which is swifter and sportier. Uh, so we're told. Uh, yes. <laughs> now, the price it's, it, the price is of the one I had was 17999 on the road. That's with everything in. Mm-hmm. It now costs 18499 on the road. There's a slight difference from when we tested it. However... Right. On Suzuki's own website, as of recording, just to complicate things, there is a £1,000 contribution, so it means it now costs 17499 on the road. My brain hurts. Yes. It's still, you know what, uh, we'll go through some of the spec later on. Some people say, oh, that's quite expensive, but I, I think it's pretty reasonable, to be honest. It's less than the Fiesta ST. Yes. And when you listen to the, particularly the safety stuff that is in there now, there is an understandable reason of why it costs, why there was a jump in price from the last generation to this one. And at that point, I have no problems with that. No, absolutely not. We cannot expect this technology to be deployed in cars like emergency and braking for free. and stuff like that. You cannot expect that and expect it for free. So, yeah. Anyway, so this has 1,373 of the CCs. It's mm-hmm. a four-cylinder, 16-valve booster jet engine. Booster jet. Sorry, I didn't say it. That means it's it. turbocharged, I doesn't it? I didn't say it, it in the correct way. Yes, that's correct. It has 140 of the metric horses, which doesn't sound massive in today's market, but not, not if you look at Alan and his ridiculous... No, but you have... I see. This is the, mm. well. We'll come to that when we're talking yes. about this one. Mine is way. Mine is ludicrous. So that doesn't count. Yours is a hyper supercar hot hatch. See, I yes. think we now have different stages. Like we say, like the Type R and mm-hmm. the RS and the Golf R are hyper hot. You know, family size hot hatches. Yeah, a hot hatch is, is down from that. Yes, in my opinion. And yes. we we that's our new terminology it's, and this is a, a is this a so is this hot or is this a toasty hatch because i reckon a toasty hatch is just a little bit less than a less than a hot it's it's a sort of comfortable level of warmth which is 
it's it's toasty. <laughs> Definitely toasty. But we'll talk about that in the driving. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Yeah, we're going all over the place already. This is fabulous. So it has 230 of the talks. Gives um so that relate that actually translates into uh eight point let me get this correct. Uh, 8.1 seconds from 0 to 62 miles an hour. That's a more than respectable for a 1.4. Yes, quite. Especially given the combined MPG. Yes. 50.4 is the official MPG. I'm, I managed 43.4 because I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more, more than respectable. Yes, I, I was impressed with that considering how I drove it for quite a lot of the time mm-hmm. uh, it has 135 grams uh, per kilometer so it's 205 for the first year on the ved and then it's 140 after that and this is all through a six-speed manual gearbox which was rather nice sneaky 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 yes outside it's starting to look less and less so the suzuki swift is starting to look less and less like a knockoff mini isn't it in fact, looking better. Absolutely. This one, um, this one's now a bit more snouty around the grill. The the grill's a bit more prominent. Not in a bad way, though. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, this is not a disparaging. In, in a just enough to satisfy pedestrian safety regs kind yes. of way. But I think yeah. we'll notice all cars are sort of going a little bit that way. Yeah. I think it's distinctive in class, though. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, it. It. it I mean, I. I didn't quite make fun of it being looking like a looking like a Mini. Um, but it looks like a way that the Mini could have evolved yeah, uh, in a good way. So it's it's definitely not... It's not as sharp maybe as previous generations, but it's definitely not bloated. No, not at all. And, and, and I think, again, we're seeing Suzuki have the confidence to design their cars differently for each sector they put it into. Because yeah. it's not like this is... A Jimny that's been changed to make into a, you know, a hatchback. Or, to make it into a hatchback, yeah, or something that's... like that. It's, they're all different, and I I like that about Suzuki the way they do that. Mm-hmm. They they have each model is its own thing, and they go well. It's got the massive Suzuki badge across the front, so people know it's a Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> they have confidence in that. What a what a crazy crazy way that is. I yeah, know. <laughs> no, it's it's a good looker. So yours was. Blue? Yes, in, and I'm quoting from the website here, speedy blue metallic paint. <laughs> it's very apt, actually. The, the first one I drove was was whatever that sort of sulfur yellow is. Oh, which was, yeah, I didn't. Was, yeah, that's um, eye-catching, I think, is a, a term you could use about that. It's a bit like, you know what, it always reminds me of flypaper. Hmm. I'm not a fan of that. I think the other colour that, that really suits it is the burning red pearl metallic, which is a sort of mm-hmm. dark red. I think that yeah, suits yeah, that's it really nice. well. It's a colour that I like a lot of cars in, mm. to be honest. I, I would generally go for that through choice. Or the, the speedy blue's nice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, actually, I, I saw one this weekend in town. I was, I was like, oh, that reminds me. That's nice. Yes, that's what we need to do. <laughs> uh, this only comes in five door. There, okay, there so no three door yeah, anymore. There's no three door option. Uh, but if you mourn that sort of thing, and I've never really worried about that, even when of it was. Of course you haven't. Well, no, even when it was pre little people and therefore 
back snapping if I was getting anything in the back or out. It, it, that never fussed me either. But I, okay, so purists prefer that. But you can pretend it's still a three door because the door handles for the rear are hidden away yeah. cleverly in the trim of the door. Yes, just don't open them. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this thing's got uh, small overhangs front and rear. So we can tick the wheel at each corner cliche. And Yay. it's not a, not a bad thing at all, actually. It's it's back like the original Mini, to be honest, like the Ezegonis Mini. Yeah. yeah. Having that wheel at three corner. Wheel at each cornerness, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So inside, come on, tell us about the curry hooks. Uh, no, I can't. Yes, result. Uh, the interiors is obviously the normal Swifts with some uh, accents and some stitching and specific sports seats and material to make it stand out from the normal model. But there's an awful lot of black in there. Mm -hmm. But with the blue exterior paint, the interior standard accent color was a red, which actually did quite a good job of breaking up the blackness throughout Mm -hmm. the, uh, the inside. And then there's red stitching on the seats, which were a lovely uh, cloth, um, and they're really grippy as well. The seats, yeah, they were really nice seats. Yeah, they're, they're very comfortable as well over a long journey. Because you did quite well. You did a relatively long trek in this, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, it was when I went round again. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> as I was going, we <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert there for the driving moments. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> The, but inside, there is actually it's it's not too bad inside. I mean, let's put it this way: I could get the three junior crack windscreens in the back, and there wasn't too mm-hmm. much fighting. That's quite an achievement. Yes, uh, and that's with one um, car seat as well. So there's still enough room across the back for that. I wouldn't want to take them the length of the country like that because that would become more fraught as the journey went on. Uh, well, I'm sure. And, yes. you know, if you've got people who are, you know, normal adult sized as opposed to children, then you do need to bear that in mind and think about that, particularly if you're a tall driver and you've got your seat right back and that sort of stuff. No, it's a super mini. It has yeah, there, it super only, mini dimensions. There's only so much that you yeah. can do inside. There's only so much space you can put inside a B segment car and not have it looking like uh, some kind of mini Renault Espace, really, yeah. isn't it? So they they use the space they have quite well. Seating is comfortable for everybody in there. So the boot's not bad size either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I, you could fit a weekly shop in there or a weekend away uh, with stuff. Yeah. So you know, it's a, it's a pretty decent usable boot as well. Um, getting a driving position that was comfortable, very simple. I loved it. I find it really comfy because I, I wasn't changing too many of your settings. No, we're, we're quite close in dimensions. There's just a yeah, few it, little it things makes, we tweak. Yeah, it makes it makes sharing cars quite easy between the two of us. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, but yeah, I found it for the the what twenty miles I drove it. Yeah, twenty miles or so, um, and you know at, at uh, Milbrook before. Then I found it really easy to get a nice kind of snug driving position. The seats are fantastic. The steering wheel is, uh, we talked about it yet? We will do at some point. But the steering wheel is nice and and sort of, dare I say, mini-like. 
but it, it has all the, that feels just just what you need in a in a in a hot hatch, and the the, the hit points relatively low as well. Yeah, you can certainly you can lower than seat, I'm used to. You can get that seat quite low, mm-hmm. um, which which I li- I like to usually put the seat of whatever car I'm in at its lowest position. Yeah, um, so that, that yeah. it was nice Ditto. to do that. And then the the steering wheel is reach um, and um, height adjustable as well. So mm-hmm. so again, it's, it's it's simple. The dash itself is is pretty minimal. Um, There's a big touchscreen in the middle of it. Yep, there is, uh, which is for the infotainment, and that's that's just to the left of the steering wheel, at about the same height as the steering wheel. So, what he's trying to say is it doesn't stick out like an iPad slapped on the top of the dashboard. It is integrated. That's what he's really hinting at. Yeah, it's an integrated uh, screen, um, and that controls sat nav, phone connectivity, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and the volume. But the volume, there's a slider on the left hand side for volume. the phone connected mostly. Occasionally, it didn't, so that was just a case of unplugging and plugging it back in again. And then you're, and every time I did that, it worked straight away. But when when it gets to that stage, you begin to wonder whether it's your cable or some fluff in your yeah lightning port. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, you I just put it on Apple CarPlay and left it at that. The sat nav mm-hmm. is 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 pretty decent. I've used Suzuki sat nav before. There's no real foibles to it. It's not like you have to learn, it's, you know, like with some companies we know. It's not like a Toyota one. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> but say yes, it. yeah, you don't have to start translating. <laughs> if you wonder what we're talking about, go listen to the new Rav Four review. Yes, I think that's the best I can I can suggest. Yeah, listen to our Rav Four review, and then you'll find out exactly what we're on about. So, whilst the dash is minimal, there were below the. Uh, infotainment screen there's three round dials which dealt with all the heating and ventilation and i think that the way that they are done because they were quite large as well it showed that there is still a place in a dashboard for dials and switches that makes sense yes i'm not going there okay (laughs) to the other side of the steering wheel are the switches for activating or deactivating some of the extra safety systems. And Mm -hmm. it was good that they were easily accessible, but I'll go into more details about that in the technology side. Okay, fair enough. You mentioned the steering wheel before. Yeah, It was leather, uh, and then in the bottom third, on the inside of the the rim, it had uh, a piano black plastic trim. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. Really nicely. Show your fingerprints beautifully on that. Yes. Yes, quite. But I knew I was in a sporty car, and you knew you were in a sporty car, because not just because of the accents and the trim and the stitching. And the fact that it's called sport. Yes, because the steering wheel was flat-bottomed, and that, we all know, means sporty. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, I never... It never bothered me because I never grabbed the wheel at the bottom. Yeah, I've stopped noticing, and I, I like yourself, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a quarter to three or a ten to two driver. Yeah, so it didn't, and and the turning circle and the turning of it never meant that I needed to take my hand off those positions anyway. Yeah, it's a really quick rack. I mean, we'll yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Also on the steering wheel, it's got the sort of controls you'd expect, like the cruise control. 
you can switch off lane departure warning, but it's also got the phone. Uh, we make the call, go scroll through the information on your phone book, but it's also got being able to scroll through the little four-inch digital mm. screen between the the lovely big red rev counter and the speedo. Yeah, which is great because you can turn it. You can have a little boost gauge and all sorts of silliness in there if you want. Yeah, there was there was all sorts of different. There was all sorts of different information on that that never came through on the touchscreen. You know, yeah. like there's some cars we've had in the past where it's saying the same thing in three or four different places, and you say, mm-hmm. oh, "What's the point of that?" This was telling you specific things that you yeah. didn't get anywhere else, which is that's that has to be the point of these screens. Yeah, it's nice bonus gauging as well, and it's. And it's good to play with in traffic jams. Yeah, you want to keep entertained. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's keyless entry and a push-button start. And now I know that push-button start is almost de rigueur these days. I still get quite a childish pleasure from using one. I, it doesn't get oh, old. Yeah. It does not get old. So uh, I'm happy to see it in there and happy to use it. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, it always makes starting the car just a little bit more special for some reason. Yeah. And it is, it's really childish, but I like it. And it feels particularly right in a sporty car. Yes. Yeah. Driving. It's great. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Like I said uh, at the top of the show, I had forgotten how much fun a hot hatch could be without having, you know, a gazillion horsepower mm-hmm. because it's quite light, this, this Swift, yeah. and, you know, 140 metric horses doesn't sound like loads but i never felt that it was out of puff at all what what i find about it is you never find it was out of puff because everything was so snicky and light about it so once you get much bigger than this then everything becomes a bit look you know it's sporty because everything is heavy and it's weighted and it's like to change gear and you know you're really changing gear um and you know, you look, you've got to try hard to turn around the corner. Uh, and what I really liked about the Swift is actually how light everything is. That so you can just tick, click on the, on the, to change gear. And it's just fingertips to turn the steering wheel. It felt quite and old I, school in that way. Yeah. Because people have gone on about the Up GTI, reminding them of the older Golf GTIs because of the, yeah. because of the way that it, you know, you are, wringing the neck out of it to get everything out of it it's conservation momentum Mm. this is still this is just on the tipping point where conservation momentum is still important in there and that doesn't mean it's slow it just means it can just keep on going yeah you you don't necessarily need to break Mm -hmm. because there's too much power (laughs) yeah well person who learned to drive in a is it going this mini here yeah Quite. Yeah, it's it's not that crude, but I'll tell you what it reminds me of most, and you might all want to make sure you've got a drink in your hand. It <laughs> reminds me of the no, it's it's like the Mark One Yaris T Sport, mm-hmm. like what Johnny has been evolved from when they were new. It's the same kind of thing. It's powerful enough. Uh, it, it's powerful enough. That that you don't need that consummate. Try again, Alan. It's powerful enough that you don't need that conservation of momentum, but you can do it and you can enjoy it when it's there. And things aren't super hard, and it's not 
super stripped out, but it's not equipped over the top either. Mm. It's just right at that point. And, you know, if I was going out and looking for a car like that, then this would definitely be on my shortlist. Yeah. For those reasons. I'm probably jumping ahead to the verdict about how much I like it. But this was a lovely thing to drive. I drove it back across part of Wales um, following you. Uh, and it's just so nice. And, and it felt so much better out with the speed-limited, flag-waving confines of the SMM, of the, the Millbrook Hill route. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Uh, which, was, which was a little bit limiting. But this is, it just felt so nice on B-roads. Mm. Really was. Well, the thing that really struck me is the fact that there were no modes to this. Yeah. And it was happy in every environment I threw it in. So, you know, I mm-hmm. do a lot of town stuff. I did motorway. Yeah. I did B roads, a lot of B roads, and quite a few A roads that, frankly, in England would be called B roads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welsh A roads. Yes. <laughs> so. I was over a, a a vast variety of road conditions as well and standards. Mm-hmm. And at no point was I thinking, oh, this is awful in this. The, the comfort was superb in town over, and you, you, know, you were here not so long ago, you, our shocking yeah, roads. Um, it was when you're on a smooth bit of tarmac, you know, those brief rare moments in this country where we, we find something like that. It was yes. lovely. And, yeah. you know, I, it just felt composed in all those conditions. It, it it didn't need the mode buttons. It didn't need it to go, right, I'm driving, firm everything up. Because when I was driving quicker, it had mm-hmm. it had a bit, a bit of body roll, of course, because it wasn't rock hard. But that's allowed it to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I always find the MX-5 is the same. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you can be quick and composed and have a little bit of body roll. It's not a bad thing. No. And and then on those, on those, um, B roads and A roads in Wales, and I know them so well, I was flying. I mean, there was people who I suspect were going to where we ended up Mm -hmm. were in cars that, were at least a hundred thousand pounds more, and I <laughs> I flew past them. Yeah, and they couldn't keep up. Now, there's two reasons why they couldn't keep up. One was because I knew the road, mm-hmm. but the other one was because wet Welsh wiggly roads. I didn't do that on purpose. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> was a perfect environment for the sport. But like I said, and like you you experienced yourself, it's perfectly happy on dual carriageway motorway yeah. conditions as well it wasn't boomy or noisy or anything like that it was well, perfectly civilized one thing i'd say though is if you're going out and and you you're trying to look at it against a polo gti possibly the fiesta st as well then it's probably not the same type of car in fact i don't think it's the same type of car i think they're one they're sort of a notch they're more the expensive than this. Uh, hot hatches. Uh, yes. B segment hatches. Yeah. In my so opinion. It's not as it's not as hot as those, and that's why I was referring to it as a toasty hatch. It's almost there. Yeah. 
it's comfortable, but it's not. You can still lose it. your license. Don't worry. Oh that, yeah, if that, yeah, if that yeah. Is your aim. <laughs> no, none of that. None of that. By the way, is in any way derogatory in in my mind. No. Yeah. I, yeah. Cracking. Right. Technology. Come on then. Well, I've uh, alluded to the fact, or said that it's got Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. It's got Bluetooth connectivity for your phone, hands-free capability, USB port. Always blah, gives blah, plus blah, points blah. from me. Yeah. Yep. But they've got driver aids as well. Now, this is this, in my opinion, is why it now costs more. So it's got things like hill hold control. Supers have had that for years. Yeah. Uh, adaptive cruise control. Rear parking sensors uh, and with a reversing camera, or the reversing camera with the rear parking sensors. Uh-huh. Emergency braking, and I'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, lane departure warning and high beam assist. Yes. Tell me about the emergency braking, Andrew. You loved it, didn't you? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Um, no, 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 no. No, I did not like this at all. Was it a bit sensitive? It was very sensitive. I mean... When it decided it had spotted something that was a potential danger, you knew. By golly, you knew. And it was eye-wateringly loud and piercing. So if you, really? so if you're a person who you know, so say someone from the youth who like their music loud as they drive along, it you would hear it. break through that. Yes, but if you're someone of a nervous disposition. You're quite likely to hit something else because you jerked the steering wheel in surprise, yeah? Yeah, and it there was one particular road where cars are parked on a bend that goes round to the right, and I go mm-hmm. down that road, and every time I did, it went off and applied the emergency brakes because it thought oh, right. that they were stationary in the lane that it was going in because it didn't see the white line going round the corner. Mm. So I switched it off in town. Yes, that sounds like a good plan. Which will be the place that you want emergency braking, unfortunately, if somebody steps out in front of you. Yeah, a little bit. But it it just it was too many false positives for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it really was too sensitive. They need to dial that back. And we're at early days with these things, and the fact that we can manually switch them off is good. Is good. But I... Thinking about that, I don't know what implication that has for insurance side of things, and I don't want to get into that worry now. No, let's not. I, I, you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. No. So that that would be the one thing I'd say. Try it with it on and see if where you drive it makes a difference to you. Were there settings for sensitivity no. and stuff, or was it, it pure was on, on and off? off? Okay. Or I couldn't find any if there was. Yes, well, that's a that's a good one. But all of that aside, I'm getting the feeling that you quite like this car. I'd have one in a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. If we uh, had a family vehicle that would happily carry us longer distances, mm-hmm. then this would absolutely be the car I'd have and I'd use nearly all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because, like I said, it it could do all the things I wanted it to do without me having to consider oh is this in the right mode or do i need to press a button or if i press a button does things change didn't have to do it it would just be oh i need to just poodle into town to do some shopping it can poodle into town oh hang on here's a bit of wiggly road i like and no let's do a bit of wiggly road driving 
Mm-hmm. It, I didn't have to think. I just it just did it. It was there for all conditions, and yeah. my hat is is doffed for Suzuki for pulling that off. It's yeah. brilliant. It's no small feat, especially as you're having to do it within a budget as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, like I said earlier on, the interior was built to a budget. What do you expect? You're buying a B-segment hatch. Sorry, this is the same as uh, whenever I see people get into on the iGo launch. People were doing it, and they're like sort of touching all the plastics right down by your left ankle. And it's like, do you often drive along grappling the plastics by your left ankle? Mm. You know, it's not. It's there to stop the cabling falling out and getting in the way of your clutch foot. And it, it's so, and you've got to remember that it's a car that will be sold for £6,000. Yeah. And, and you know, if you're buying a B-segment car, you can't expect it to have a slush-molded dashboard like a, like a BMW 5 or 7 series. It's just not going to happen. No, I mean, you look at the price they're going for a month, which is the important one, mm. and that varies a bit. But they're really not that expensive on a monthly cost. No. Well, I, I, I'm, yes, I'm hugely biased about these things and believe that you can get away with much smaller cars than many people believe. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It can. Like I said, for, for the vast majority of what I need a car to do, it would absolutely be bob on. If we gave stars, I think that this one would be getting five stars from both of us, to be honest. Yes. That kind of level. We loved it. Yep. Cracking stuff. Brilliant. Well, that takes us to the end. And don't forget, folks, that between now and next time, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Andrew, if people wish to take issue with your feelings towards the Suzuki Swift Sport, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? I'll happily discuss the Suzuki Swift Sport with anyone on Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people want to uh, ask you more questions about your time with the car, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Well, Twitter again, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.